Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Citizens of Lorcana podcast, a podcast where we invite you to be a part of their world. We're your host, Jared and James, and today we are talking about what it means to build a local Lorcana community. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome to another week. Last pod, we talked about collecting in general and collecting Lorcana specifically with our host, Nathan Kelenicki. And so if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to it. And today we're talking about building a local Lorcana community. Now, obviously, neither of us have built a local Lorcana community yet because it's not out. But what we've done is researched some of the best practices for building a TCG community from the ground up. And hopefully uh, we won't have to put a ton of work in because a lot of people will be interested in the game. And it appears that Ravensburger plans on supporting Lorcana pretty extensively with a robust organized play system. But uh, still, it will be much easier if there are people willing to facilitate the creation and maintenance of your community. And so we're going to talk about building a community. And uh, in the future, we will have guests on who have that practical knowledge and experience on this topic. But today I wanted to share my game plan for building my, you know, Las Vegas local community. The only other experience I really have is building up the Pokemon Go community uh, back in Idaho where I used to live. But uh, James, you have experience building up a fan club, don't you? Yeah, actually, uh, I was heavily involved in the Browncoats, which for those of you who may not know, Browncoats are the fans of Firefly, the TV show that lasted half a season, and the the movie that followed up uh, called Serenity. Um, it introduced us to the the ragtag crew of the of the uh, I don't know what you would call it, the, the cargo ship Serenity. Um, but anyway, so I was heavily involved with that starting in, I would say 2004 as when I started really, I went to, I think in early 2005, uh, I made it to WonderCon for the first time up in San Francisco and it was still there and met up with some of the San Francisco brown coats. And that was right after, or soon after the, uh, tsunami in where was it in Asia? I can't remember exactly where it was, but they were raising money for the Red Cross to send for uh, tsunami relief. And uh, we got to talking about how Comic-Con's coming up in July and maybe I could help them, uh, you know, and kind of facilitate getting a table down there at Comic-Con because it's the big show and I'd been there before and blah, blah, blah. So I basically started helping with that. And following from that at the same time, 
as I started developing that kind of a relationship working with them, I started, uh, I went to a brown coat meetup that someone else had organized in LA and met up with a bunch of people and me and, and another, uh, and, and someone I had met through the fandom, um, uh, me and her, we decided that we would start uh, a brown coat, a Southern California brown coat fan group. And so we got a bunch of emails and whatnot from people and we started a Yahoo group and we started organizing what we called shindigs based on the episode of Firefly. And we basically held them once a month uh, throughout Southern California. We wrote since there are basically four counties in Southern California with San Diego, Orange, Los Angeles and Riverside slash San Bernardino. There's two counties over there, but it's basically the Inland Empire. We just rotated through those areas once a month. So basically we held three shindigs in LA every year and three shindigs in San Diego every year, that kind of a thing. And we basically just wanted to get everyone kind of gathered up who were fans of the show. We had the the booth at Comic-Con going strong and, um, you know, all this stuff came together. We did all kinds of stuff and we had used Yahoo groups to just kind of get information out there. You know, just so many things that we did. I mean, we did everything from horseback riding to just meeting at a at a restaurant where we all just kind of hung out in this, like we took over a restaurant that was in LA or we went and had bowling and pizza. Uh, we even did annual Disney days where uh, myself and at least one other person or even another group of people would put together a scavenger hunt at Disneyland. And we would have like a brown coat themed scavenger hunt across all of Disneyland for the day. And we basically just did everything like running the gamut of all the things that you could do in Southern California um, to just, you know, for like-minded people to hang out and have fun together. So did Yahoo groups precede Facebook? Yes. Yeah. We started the okay. Yahoo group, uh, like, like I said, in like 2004, 2005, it, Facebook may have been out then, but, and I know Yahoo groups kind of shut down, like, I don't know, I would say about seven or eight years later, I think was when it basically died out. Like as the, as the rise of social media, I guess the social media 2.0, I guess with, with Twitter and yeah. Facebook and all that. Um, cause I didn't get onto, uh, Twitter until I think it was 2008 after, which was pretty early. Um, but it was after, uh, Felicia day who was in, um, the guild and she had starred in, uh, Buffy on the final season. Um, and so she had, uh, with the guild, she had come to uh, the California Brown Coats booth at Comic-Con and, uh, you know, and, and basically yeah, that first year when Twitter was starting to get big, um, you know, she's like, Hey, have you guys done Twitter? And so we all got on Twitter after that particular Comic-Con. So like my, my join dates, like right after Comic-Con 2008. <laughs> so. That's the trick on, you just need a celebrity to ask you to join. Right. Exactly. So um, like, did people seek you out or did you seek people out? Um, Does that make sense? Yeah. So initially what we did is that there was that, like I said, there was this one big, um, gathering at a restaurant in LA. And actually, if anyone wants to see the restaurant, just go find the episode of, I think it's Hell's Kitchen or whatever it is where they got, where what's his name goes and critiques over someone's restaurant and tells them how they need to, you know, not fail, you know, when they're yeah. about ready to fail, there's a restaurant called Sebastian's and that's where we held it. And they actually did uh, a show because I guess it was starting to fail and it actually did change its name a few years later. So I guess <laughs> it didn't work, but that's where we got our start. And that's where we gathered a bunch of emails and, Basically, after that initial thing, it actually was a lot of people coming to us because we started running that booth every year at Comic-Con and WonderCon. Uh, 
So mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, oh, there's a brown coat booth when they see it on the list or we're running like a, we ran like um, we did a fan group meetup like the last day of Comic-Con every year. So there was ways for people to come and get, you know, information, but we had to like split it off with the social group versus the, the, the group that ran the, um, the booth at Comic-Con because of course we were dealing with a bunch of money and there's, you know, problems if you're just gathering up money for, you know, some random person like, well, who's it going to? So we actually formed <laughs> in 2007, a nonprofit corporation called the California Browncoats to do the fundraising. And then what we would do, all we do is we'd just gather a bunch of money. We would sell stuff and take all the profits and whatever charity was picked that year, we just gave it all to that charity. So all of the people were coming to us at Comic-Con and then that would, we would advertise our social groups, which was the SoCal Browncoats and the Sacramento Browncoats and the San Francisco Browncoats and all the different local Browncoat groups would get advertised there. Um, and that's how we basically grew the membership. But, you know, at, at a certain point we had, you know, a couple thousand people in the SoCal Yahoo group or something. Oh, wow. like and every shindig was having anywhere from 30 to 70 people attend. And, you know, I mean, obviously it, it slowed down over the years, um, but that was, you know, for a few years there, it was like every month we had something we were doing some weekend in Southern California. And it was pretty awesome. That is so cool. So I'm thinking about this. I'm listening to your story and obviously for Lorcana and our local community scenes, we're not going to go to Comic-Con and set up a booth there. But what I hear you saying is that you put yourself in front of people where they would naturally meet. Yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, you know, at Comic Con or at any small conventions in the area, you know, or a screening of a movie where people see it on the list and they come to see a screening of Serenity. You know, in in subsequent years, we ran charity events to screen the movie, and that's how they found out about it. It's like, oh, I want to go see Serenity. I remember that movie, and then they go see it. They find out it's a charity group and a and a social group, and they may get involved. So I have my own game plan for how I plan on. Bl- uh, growing the Lorcana community scene here in Vegas, but have you given any thoughts? Like, is that something you want to do or do you just want to go, you know, participate? I want to, I don't think I'm going to be able to devote enough time to fully invest in being the one to grow the community, but I will absolutely be someone who helps, uh, get it, you know, keep it going or help get it going and just, you know, be that, extra person like, Hey, do you need someone else to make maybe organize or, or, or not even necessarily organize, but like help out today. Do you need someone to help out today? Do you want to make sure there's someone here besides you? You know, that kind of a thing. I wouldn't mind being that person, but I don't think I can devote the time to actually organizing everything. (laughs) Yeah. It is a huge time commitment as you probably know from your Brown coat experience. Absolutely. It sounds like a lot of the benefits that you mentioned are things, I mean, maybe we won't go horseback riding with our fellow Lorcana fans, but I imagine that we will make friends along the way and we'll have these amazing experiences. Some of us will travel to tournaments and stuff. And I think for me, I like, I do want to be competitive in Lorcana, but having these other benefits is a huge draw to playing the game for me. Yeah. And I will say that there may be uh, quite a few good uh, experiences, benefits, friends and whatnot. Because I have a wife because of brown coat events. I met my oh, wife. There you go. So <laughs> there you go. I don't think I knew that. Well, yeah. you've probably told me, but 
That's I awesome. Don't know if I did, but yes. So I, yeah, I met my <laughs> wife at one of the brown coats. We were both in relationships at the time, but then like a year or two later, I remember how long it was after we met the first time. Uh, we both were out of the relationships, and we're like, hey, started communicating, and it's like, oh, let's go out on a date, and then you know, here we are. From the first date, how many years is four almost fourteen years later? So, so what is your plan? What are you going to do? What is all yes. this work that you have have planned to to get those the, the Lorcana scene going in Vegas? So I kind of want to build off some of the things that you shared um, as far as building a game plan here in Las Vegas. One of my biggest frustrations is hearing over and over again when I go to local game stores or when I talk to players at the local game stores is how Vegas is a magic town, which is fine. Like magic is, has been around for 30 years for a reason. So, um, but I can't believe that there aren't enough people who are willing to try another game out to get another game flourishing. I just think that there probably hasn't been somebody like devoted to making it happen. Um, and I don't think that Lorcana needs to displace magic to succeed. Like, I honestly don't. I don't think it will ever displace the top three. I think it will earn its place right alongside them for a big four. But magic will probably always be number one. But my first step in my game plan is to find a friendly local game store. And I've actually started this process. I've contacted a few stores. The game store that I was going to they seemed really wishy-washy on carrying Lorcana. <laughs> in fact, the few times that I brought it up to them, they hadn't even heard of it. And to be fair, that was pretty early on. But then once they did know about it, they're like, oh, that sounds like a niche game. We don't really carry niche games. <laughs> like, you don't know how big this is going to be. Well, I mean, I'm a homer, so obviously I think it's going to be big. But I really do think that Lorcana is going to be a huge hit. Then I started kind of um, putting feelers out there to other game stores. I am fortunate enough to live in a place where there are many game stores. And, you know, I just kind of gauged interest until I found one. I'm actually going to shout them out. It's called War Room Games in Las Vegas. They're pretty close to the airport. And I've actually been to these guys. I've been to this uh, game store before for my Hero Academia pre-release event. They're awesome. And I will say this. I actually went and chatted with them this week. So I went into the store and I had this game plan in mind. I was like, I know I need to find some place. I just drove to the store. I didn't even know what I was going to say. And then I drove up and I was like, okay, what am I going to say? <laughs> and so I walk in. I, I went in right when it opened up first thing in the morning. Uh, because I figured there would be less people there. They open up at noon, and sure enough, I was right. There was a couple guys there playing Warhammer, but otherwise it was just the employees, maybe a, maybe somebody shopping. But uh, I walk in, and they don't really identify themselves as the employees. <laughs> they were just sitting at a table, and so I was kind of poking around, and then finally one of the guys says, uh, can I help you? I was like, yeah, actually you can. <laughs> and I said, I have... You know, I've been the one messaging you about Lorcana on Facebook Messenger. I came by today because I wanted to put a face to the name. And I just wanted to uh, let you know that if you are interested in hosting Lorcana, I'd be more than willing to run the 
you know, weekly events, whether that's tournaments, I'd also be willing to come in and do learn to play events to get people interested in the game. They were so excited. Plus, they are really hyped to carry Lorcana. But the reason why I wanted to find a a friendly local game store is because I needed to have a store that would not only like support us, but would help promote it. And the exciting thing that they said is they were like, you know, we are more than willing to, you know, give you a table once the game comes out. And if it blows it up, man, we will make all the room that we need. And if Lorcana has, you know, like other card games have flagship stores or whatever, that will get more allotment of products and become like a sponsored partner or whatever that I put us on that list. We will be there. So I have completed step one of my game plan. That's uh, really cool. I mean, first you, you took the initiative to go there, not just messaging because they probably get lots of messages about a lot of stuff. And then uh, just, you know, the offer and it just sounds like they're really into it, which the other store being wishy-washy, I mean, Honestly, there's going to be game stores where they have their little niche and they don't care really about anything else that comes out. So it's kind of hard. So you do have to, unfortunately, kind of go and like, I, you know, you're going to have to try multiple places unless you find the right one right off the bat. But I think it's so important to find that F in the FLGS with the friendly local game store, <laughs> the friendly part. Find someone who like that. I mean, get someone who's going to have that reaction because that's the place that will absolutely work with you. Yeah, and I was talking to these guys, and they were all excited about it. And they're like, "Hey, maybe we should go to Gen Con and see if we can, you know, pick up some product or get a get our hands on the game." Like it was awesome to be somewhere where they were okay. They weren't as excited about Lorcana as I am, but uh, they were very excited about Lorcana. And like the other cool thing when I was there. Um, I told them, you know, I have a Twitter account. I have this podcast. I'm kind of <laughs> knee deep into Lorcana. They're like, hey, you know what? If you ever want to like print out flyers for your podcast and put them at our store, uh, we'd be more than happy to put them out there. So this is kind of like what you were talking about. I mean, it's not going to Comic-Con, but it's putting, you know, uh, Lorcana or our podcast out there so that people start becoming aware of it. But the other cool thing, when I was sitting there talking with them, they were brainstorming themselves about how they could get people to play Lorcana. They're like, you know, people that play Warhammer, that usually that's the last game that they play because they played all the other card games and then they start playing miniatures. But I bet a lot of them would be really interested in trying something new. Yeah. So and speaking of dropping the flyers there, I mean, that's I mean, that's your audience, right? That's that's the thing about like you said, it's not Comic-Con, but it's the same thing. You're giving the advertisement to the audience, and even though it's your audience, they're not necessarily going to be aware of you. And if they see this thing about Lorcana and it's a podcast, well, maybe they'll do, maybe they'll look it up. Maybe they'll find out, oh, wait, I've heard about that Lorcana. Let me go look again what that is because I don't remember what it is. So even if they don't listen to the podcast, maybe the Lorcana triggers it and they're like, oh, let me go look it up. And then they'll maybe stop in when they see the tournaments happening back exactly coming up in uh, coming up in, in September. Or whenever that's right it's all about building up that name recognition so that was step number one finding a friendly friendly local game store step number two is to start buying product from there so this only applies if you are currently playing a game uh i stopped playing (laughs) uh the my hero card game when set three dropped 
Now, luckily, I, I did go to this specific game store and I bought a booster box. <clears throat> and so I did buy my product there. But right now, things are just on hold while we wait for. I think it's important for them to, to see that you are willing to put your money where your mouth is and that. I mean, potentially you're going to be able to drive people to their store to buy product as well because they have to have the incentive to give you the space to hold these tournaments. And so what I did tell them, and I've told them this over Facebook Messenger, is that I want to be at the top of the pre-order list so that way they know you know, that I'm committed to actually buying product from them. Right. And then as soon as we get those... Uh retail prices and, and able to do a pre-order. I mean, I'm I, in order to, I would be willing, I don't know how many of are going to require this, but if they don't, I'm going to be like, you know, how much money do you want me to put down on it to make sure Same. that it confirms my order? Because, you know, it may, they may not require the whole thing because they may get allocated and, you know, who wants to, you know, take $500 and then have to give 300 of it back. I mean, it's better to just take half and hope you can fill it. But, you know, I would very much say that, you know, put, like you said, putting your mouth where you're, you what funny where your mouth is. That's the thing you got to do. Get that, get that product, you know, and even if it's not Lorcana, go in there and buy some supplies to store Lorcana or to display Lorcana or, you know, get some sleeves, yeah. get some deck boxes, you know, whatever you're going to be, uh, you know, you might be needing, you know, spend some of your money at that local game store so that they know that you're coming in and you're a person who's going to be in there regularly and spending money. Exactly. That's the whole idea. I mean, what my theory is, is that I want this to be a win for the game store and the fact that people are coming there to play the game. Um, people are going there to buy a product and people are going there to support their store. But it's also a win for us because we get a place to play the game. I mean, I'm trying to make it as easy for them to say yes as possible. That's kind of my goal. So that was step number two, buying product from your friendly local game store. Step number three is to start finding people now who want to play Lorcana. So I, I think I've mentioned this already. I have found a couple people now here in Las Vegas who want to play Lorcana. But it's important <laughs> for me to remember anyway that... Um, I can't expect the same level of commitment from them as I'm wanting to put in. When I have talked to, a, you know, a couple of these guys in the past, I'm like, yeah, we're going to have weekly game nights and here's what we're going to do. And one of them was like, hey, you know, I would love to be there like every other week for sure. Uh, but uh, people have lives outside of Lorcana. What? Unlike some of us. <laughs> um. But what I'm really trying to do is just get a foundation so that way when Lorcana releases, there's a base of people who know how to play the game and know how to teach other people how to play the game. Have you uh, have you started a Facebook group for Lorcana Vegas yet or anything like that or just started trying to figure out where people are? You know, so, you know, what's, well, your, what's your methods? Well, that's step number five. It is. <laughs> um but mostly what I've been doing is um, probably about once a week, I'll post something in the discord about uh, if asking if there's anybody from Las Vegas around. And so that's, and, and at this point now, pretty much everybody knows that I'm from Las Vegas. 
So those people will reach out to me. And that's where I found my my two people who want to play. Uh, the other thing that I would hope to find is that number two that you're talking about earlier. Somebody who can be there to help facilitate things because um, it's going to be a lot of work. And just having somebody there that you know you can rely on would be huge. So in, in the finding people, you can also look for... Um local like you said there's multiple local game stores maybe each of those local game stores has a discord or a facebook page that you can post on and say hey who else is interested in playing Lorcana when it comes out later this year and maybe get a few hits and just kind of keep those in mind when you do set something up in the future or when things are going and you can kind of just you know message them or at them or whatever in those groups and kind of just you know round back around to it in a little while you know that is not a bad idea I'd never even considered that until um, one of our other content creators, Cabled, was sharing with me how he joined his local game store's uh, Discord page. I'd never even thought about that. I'm still stuck in the Facebook era, which I have joined their Facebook group, but Discord is a lot more dynamic for finding people like that. So anyway, um, if either of you two are listening, I appreciate you. So we're going to make Lorcana happen here in Las Vegas. Um, so step number four, this is when the, the game actually releases, but I already touched on this a little bit, um, volunteer to run the events there. The thing with these local game stores is they have limited staff, limited resources, and let's be honest, Lorcan is an untested quantity, whereas Magic and Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh are known for bringing people in and making money. So if they have somebody there who is reliable and wants to build Lorcana, it's it would be a no-brainer for them. Um, so I'm talking about running things like weekly events, the weekly organized play, and beginner events where you uh, teach people how to play. And I got this idea from Joe Sinart from Dex and Droughts. I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. But uh, give away give away some decks. I mean, a lot of us are planning on having a lot of product with a lot of bulk. And undoubtedly, people will come up with these cheap decks. I mean, when I say cheap, I mean decks that are made mostly of commons and uncommons that you can give away that are still like competitive, somewhat fun for people to play. Um, have some of those to give away, give away to people when they come check out Lorcana. That sounds like a really good plan. Yeah, I was watching a I was watching a interview that he did with the Hobbies and Happiness guys and he actually created this uh welcome kit for Flesh and Blood and it's, it's this beautiful PDF that lists, you know, how to play the game, but then it also has like if you want to play as this character, here's a suggested deck for that. And um, he and these deck lists are the cheap cards, so you can make them fairly easy for people to get in. And he shared his experience of growing the flesh and blood community. And I hope that something similar will come in Lorcana that this sort of uh, welcome kit with this beautiful PDF and these uh, cheap starter decks will come in um, that we can use to introduce new players to the game. Okay. 
And the other part, this is kind of a subsection for volunteering, is if there's a judge program, which I have strong reasons to believe that there is, Ryan Miller started his career in magic uh, through the judge program. And he has promised robust organized play. So it just makes sense to me that there likely will be a judge program. And for those of you who don't know, a judge program like Magic, Pokemon, I'm assuming Yu-Gi-Oh! But I know Magic and Pokemon definitely have these programs that you go through to qualify to become a judge. And basically what it is is like a quiz asking, you know, if Maleficent does this, but somebody counters with, I don't know, magic mirror. <laughs> I don't know. I fill in the blank. Uh, how would how would that situation resolve? So it's just testing your situational knowledge of different card and different card interactions. Number one, it will make you a better player. But number two, nothing is worse than when you're sitting at a local tournament and two people disagree on how an interaction should take place. Having the ability to go there and reduce those hard feelings. Well, somebody will have hurt feelings, but at least there will be a resolution and people will think that it's fair because it's by the rules. Um, having that knowledge, I think, will be huge. Yeah, that's actually something that I'd be interested in too. Uh, I mean, I may not be able to spend a lot of time uh, like organizing and whatnot, but I mean, I can I can study a little bit and take a take a test. I can do that. <laughs> Well, and the cool thing, too, is, I mean, you may not need a judge for a local tournament, but when it comes to the bigger tournaments, like the regionals and nationals, that's where they especially want um, these judges. But at a lot of these tournaments, those judges will get like, they'll essentially get prize packaging as well as a thank you for volunteering their time. So that's another neat little reward. Bonus. Absolutely. So um, keep your eyes on that. And I, I don't know, it would be cool if they, if there is a judge program, if they have that up and running. So that way, when Lorcan is released, there's already, you know, the first generation of judges that have gone through the program. But if not, imagine it would release shortly, like either on release or shortly thereafter. Yeah. So that's step number four, volunteer to run events because, um, these stores, you know, just make you're making it as easy as possible on them. So step number five is to create a Facebook page. And I actually have created a local Facebook page for Las Vegas Lorcana. I haven't put a lot of TLC into it simply because the gameplay hasn't been released. Like, I don't think that there's going to be a lot of people attracted to a local Lorcana Facebook page just yet. But once they start like advertising, um, you know, in that French pamphlet that they released, they talked about how they would do digital advertising and, uh, you know, all this advertising like that. Once they start really pushing awareness of Lorcana into the public, that's when I imagine I'll be more engaged on my local Facebook page. I mean, that's just sounds like a really good idea to have a place for people to land, uh, to discuss it and to find it. Uh, I mean, Facebook is still a place where a lot of people go and, and a lot of people hang out and find things. So obviously go there, but I mean, and also you can create a, a Twitter account separately if you want for Las Vegas Lorcana. Um, I don't know if, you know, it's needed if you can just use your main, you know, citizens of Lorcana account, uh, 
or whatever your account is, you know, for wherever you live, you may just create one for your local area and just kind of keep pumping out the information about the stores that are hosting events or the store where you are helping out, you know, anything you can do to get the information out there, someone may find it, you know, I mean, that's what Google's for. Maybe they'll find it if you put out enough information about it. Well, I think that's where I like Discord the best because I feel like Discord does the best in creating a sense of community, assuming that people aren't like jerks. But <laughs> if everybody are, if everybody's generally nice, Discord is a great place to build a community. And I really feel like at the end of the day, that's what's going to make Lorcana succeed is how tight knit of a community uh, the players are. Because if we're going and having barbecues at each other's houses, which I'm not saying that we are, but if we ever got to that point, then, you know, that community is going to last forever because at that point you're not just like competitors, but you're, you're friends and you've become friends over a mutual, you know, interest in Lorcana. Um, But that's what I've enjoyed about the Lorcana HQ discord is just how close I've come to know a lot of people I, I mean, I've gotten to know a lot of people on Twitter, but Twitter is a lot more like superficial uh, hot takes kind of, whereas uh, Discord, where it's more in real time, you get to be, you get to know people a little bit better as well as you can online anyway. Right. So Twitter is basically a bulletin board and uh, Discord is like the coffee shop where you sit and have a conversation. Oh yeah. I like that. Um, but going back to Facebook. So the thing that Facebook has is there's a lot of people on it and you can use it. What ideally what you'd like is for your friendly local game store to promote your events, which uh, this war room games that I have gone to said that they would. Um, hopefully they have an email list that they can blast it out to, but you can also go on to like, if there's a Las Vegas gamers, Facebook page, you could go on there and cross promote it. I don't know. We probably don't want to step on toes of any other card games, but um, the main idea is that you just want to raise awareness as much as you can. And if you can go into some of these like general groups and at least post about it or like maybe even Las Vegas Disney fans, there's got to be a Facebook page like that. Um, going in there and sharing something about Lorcana, you, you never know who you might reach. Yep. Spread that net wide. All right, so that was step number five, to create a Facebook page and to figure out ways to advertise. Step number six, so this will happen once the game releases, but pick a consistent night and be consistent yourself, showing up week after week. Hopefully you won't be there by yourself because I have a feeling that Lorcana is going to be huge and that there will be a natural influx of new players at the beginning, and not all of them will and not all of them will stay and that's okay but hopefully some do and you build that foundation and then you can snowball from there but if you create that expectation that say every tuesday night at seven o'clock at war room games we're going to be playing lorcana then people will come to associate tuesday nights with lorcana i mean ideally you'd like to get the to the place of magic with friday night magic but um, I don't know if it'll ever become that big. However, if you can create that association, I think that will be that would go a long way towards getting consistent uh, players showing up. Yeah, absolutely. Consistency and I mean, just not missing a week. I mean, 
even if you can't make it, you know, find that that's where, again, where that second in command is going to be so convenient and, and so good is that you can have someone you can count on to show up on uh, any random chance where you can't. I mean, because like you said, we all have lives. There's going to be some weeks where we just can't make it. <laughs> okay, so that's my game plan. Um, I'll let you know how it goes. Uh, I think it's solid. As... Yeah, I think so. As long as if I execute. Um, with that being said, let's head into our news roundup, huh? Yes. Time for the news. Uh, we don't have like a breaking news, like beep, 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 beep breaking news. Uh, so we got a new card. So it's uh, the White Rabbit's Pocket Watch. And they revealed that with a tweet saying, we're posting a little late this week. No wonder. And it's an item. And its uh, ability is I'm late, which looks like you exert it and you spend one hexagon, whatever that is, resource. And chosen character gains rush this turn, which means they can challenge the turn they're played. Yeah, this created quite the quite the buzz around it once it dropped because it revealed a lot of things. Number one, that uh, Alice in Wonderland will be in the first chapter of Lorcana. Number two, this game mechanic of Rush, which allows you to attack or challenge with your character when you first drop them. Uh, but number three, the by implication is the fact that there's going to be something called summoning sickness or this idea that when you play a card, you're not able to attack with it on your first turn unless you use a card like White Rabbit's Pocket Watch. Yep. And so, I mean, it's it's amethyst. It costs three. It's got the swirly around it. So another another card where we can't determine what the swirly means or doesn't mean. And can we just take a moment and acknowledge the fact that Amethyst has what five or six cards now? Yes, I think it's six. Yeah. Is it six or seven? I mean, it's 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 more than any well, others, right? With the uh, if you include the Sorcerer Mickey, I think it's six total. Yeah. All right, but he's not an official card. Meanwhile, poor Steel is still over there with just Captain Hook. Poor Steel. So, yeah, this looks like a pretty solid card if you're planning on running Amethyst, which it sounds like a lot of people are. So the next piece of news we got was not so much a piece of news as much as a little teaser. This was, again, from the Disney Lorcana Twitter account. And it says, uh, well, it was a picture of the Lion King. And it shows Simba, Timon, and Pumbaa, and they're walking across the log like they were in the song hakuna matata and interesting if you look at the card it almost looks like there's a skull from the elephant graveyard there um but there's a caption that says purposeful amber glimmers protect their friends at all cost now when they revealed this i thought we might get an amber card by today's wednesday i was thinking maybe it would be revealed as soon as today but I would not be surprised if a card with this image um, reveals itself sometime this week. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we see a card for this, but we also may not get any cards. And this is a color theme series of posts like we did for the ink back way back when. So we may get one tweet slash post, whatever, for each color before we get any of the cards involved with them. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. We'll find out. 
when this drops on Friday, we may already know. So, <laughs> yes. uh, I so what you mentioned the um, the picture in the waterfall, uh, the one on the on our left looking at it is as you mentioned the elephant graveyard, and on the right yeah. is the sand dunes uh, that Simba was running through on his way back when he had grown up. Mm. Yeah. And right. so, um, and then on the log itself, the vines hanging down actually look like the amber strands through the amber ink color um, from those posts where they have like the, just the whole swash of amber ink. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in here that may mean something. So my theory was if it's a theme to the color, just like the, the quote, you know, the thing they put with it, which is protect their friends at all costs. The elephant graveyard in that scene in The Lion King, that's when Simba, young Simba is protecting Nala from the hyenas, or at least trying to. And then in the dunes, as I mentioned, he's running back to his pride to protect everybody. So the picture has a lot of things in it as well as what they're saying. So I think that's basically saying, you know, hey, if you want to protect your your field, get some amber cards in there. But I'm just saying, Aurora has ward and she protects her whole board. She's Sapphire, just right? Saying. Who knows, right? Who knows what's going on? <laughs> this is just them teasing us, and you know, maybe just this card is a protection card. Maybe yeah. it's not the, maybe it's not the thing. But the thing is, it's purposeful amber glimmer glimmers. Why is purposeful in there? Why do they That's... mention amber? You know, it's like, what's going on here? <laughs> Show us the card or tell us what's going on. I mean, we'll find out after the next thing they post, whether it's the card or the next color. We'll know by spring. By, yeah, by spring. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the other thing um, is uh, whether or not Lorcana will be available online versus... Uh, just at local game stores and big box retailers. And they replied to someone about uh, being available in Australia. And um, they said that while it's not going to be available uh, to be distributed in Australia, it will most likely be available through online retailers. So I guess that answers that question. Yeah, I've heard mixed things about this <laughs> from people on the local game store side saying that, you know, the, you know, Lorcana will not be available through online retailers, but then you see this quote here, and this kind of went under the radar because, you know, you see the picture right here. <clears throat> I mean, you you listening can't see it, but James, you can see it. It has one like and one reply to it, and it was posted a day prior. So I don't know how this went under the radar, but uh, I mean, it's interesting that they're going to be selling online, and I hope... What I hope that means is that it's going to be sold online through local game stores. <laughs> but I imagine what it probably means is that it's going to be um, available online through like Walmart and Amazon. We'll see. Some kind of mass market thing like most of the other or all of the other uh, trading card games are. And that's it for the news. Yeah, that is, isn't it? Yeah, pretty quiet week. Well relatively quiet these days now that we're, we're spoiled <laughs> by having at least a card every week all right so you up for some questions some jeopardy 
I'm ready. Fire away. <clears throat> we'll see if I can get a five out of five. Like, Yes, the gold standard of the only time I will ever get five out of five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we go. Uh, this is the actor who voiced Lightning McQueen in the movie Cars. Who is Owen Wilson? Nice. That is correct. Okay. This is the year that the short film Steamboat Willie was released. Oh my gosh. I love, you know, this old time Disney stuff, but I don't know off the top of my head. I want to say what is 1928? That is correct. Yes. Five okay. years after the formation of Walt Disney Studios. All right. I don't know how that got embedded in my mind, but it did somewhere along the way. Okay, so this is what Dash placed on his teacher's chair as a joke in The Incredibles. I want to say, oh, what is a thumbtack? Or yes. is it one of the jacks? It was the thumbtack. You are correct. Okay. Yes. Stick with your first answer. Because that's the hey, right one. Yeah, I'll, I'll go through post and act like that second one never happened. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I don't know how hard these are going to be. They're they're a little hard. Maybe for some. This is who wears the green dress in Disney Cinderella. I mean, it's one of the stepsisters. Who is who is Anastasia? No. Who is Drusilla? It is Drusilla. But you didn't answer that first. Nice. But yes. No, I get didn't. It. You did get it, but after you answered wrong. <laughs> okay, so the final one. I, um, I can. Er well, I guess Anastasia had the red hair, so that makes sense that she wasn't in the green dress. I didn't remember. Well, that. I don't know why that made sense to me. Anyway, okay. I have, 500. I have the answer, so I knew it right off the bat. <laughs> I didn't know if I, I wouldn't have been able to, to make a guess otherwise. Um, okay, so. This is what the Rivera's family business that began when Miguel's great-great-grandmother, Mama Melda, that began with Miguel's great-great-grandmother, Mama Melda, in the movie Coco. What business were they in? What is the cobbler business? Shoe repair? That is correct. See, I wasn't how hard that was going to be as the final question, but again, I, would, I might not have gotten that. So I thought it was hard. So you got four. It was very, it was very hard. Keep it up. <laughs> I like those hard ones. <laughs> so that's what, four out of five. That's not four, bad. That is, that is very good. Yes, that is a solid B. All right, let's wrap this up. If you liked what you heard, subscribe to the podcast, and you can follow me on Twitter at Citizens of Lorcana. And James, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me everywhere at Dan Regal, and uh, you can check out geekshotphoto.com for links, social media, and all that kind of stuff for my wife and I. Awesome. And uh, thank you all for joining us. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.